Well, hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the New Ground Life and Leadership Podcast, here to help you thrive as a follower of Jesus wherever you are and whatever you're going through. My name's Jez. It's great to have you with us for another conversation. Well, I'm excited today to bring you a conversation that I had with Johnny Meller on the whole subjects of the arts and beauty. And he's got some provocative things for us in the church to hear, some things that I think really need to be heard and have made a big impact on me since he shared them. Um, Johnny co-founded Sputnik, which is a growing network of artists who identify as Christian, but who don't make Christian art. He's a rapper and he's part of the preaching team at Church Central in Birmingham, part of New Frontiers. Johnny's also married to Gemma and they have three kids. And I have to say that today's conversation came about because our good friend Luke Daviditis at King's Church in Edinburgh reached out and said, I think you should speak to Johnny Meller. So we did. And um, this is the fruit of that time spent. And I think you'll agree it was time well spent. So thank you, Luke, for recommending today's guest to us. Well, I kick things off by asking Johnny to give us an insight into some of his devotional practices as a Christian. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hello. Hi, Jez. Great to be here. Well, well for me, I, I guess it's it's not one thing because it, it, it means being intentional about prioritising that element of, of my life for me and therefore changing with the seasons of my life. And so not just thinking, right, I've got my this is how I do it. Let's do it like this. And then I've done that. Tick the box and let's go like a prayer time for half an hour in the morning or something. I've found as time's gone on, I've really had to to adapt and prioritise and fight for time with God. I, I, I want to spend every day with the time to pause, a time to recenter on Jesus, a time where genuinely uh, encounter with Jesus is possible and where I can drill the word of God in, into my life so I, so I can have the mind of Christ, so I can think uh, think biblically um, and shaped by it really. So when I was a, when I was a teacher that looked like I, I was getting up very early in in the morning to go to work so that was in the car to work when we had our I'd birth, my first child getting used to that it meant going for walks down the canal with him in the buggy and I, actually I really got into bible memorization then because I wanted to read my bible but I had to push him whenever I stopped to have the bible leaning on the top of the buggy I'd stop and then he'd cry <laughs> so I'm like, I can't read it so I thought I've got to memorize I'd have to memorize this because oh. so so what I would do I'd push him when he looked like he was asleep, I'd stop. Like I decided I'd re- memorize Romans as my was my grand scheme because <laughs> I thought I want I want it in my head. Um, and so I'd stop, read a couple of verses. When he'd cry, move on, right, and then think about the verses. I did that for with him and then other kids. Where we have three kids now, um, so I, I I really I've really valued Bible memorization in the uh, last few years. Not, yeah. Not just... And did you did you make it all the way through Romans? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, wow, I, I say, well but it's not a job you ever finish because you've got to keep it in your your mind. I, I think, yeah, I don't know. If people's minds work differently, but but I, I retain information quite well. But then you've got the discipline of keeping it. So, and I'm looking. I think I might be at capacity now. There's a couple of other books in there. But uh, so, have you done uh, an epistle per child? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I have. Maybe I have. Uh, uh, but yeah. <laughs> wow. That's fantastic. Now, I, I would, I'm really curious as well, like how your your mindset and life as an artist affects your relationship with God and particularly uh, being in the, in the Protestant tradition, which um, I don't know. Is it fair to say that Protestantism uh, is it not, is it renowned for producing great art or is from from some conversations that people have had with me, there's there's almost such an insistence on 
academic learning and the preaching of the word. Um, the, you know, the Puritans famously weren't big fans of art. How does that affect you as someone in the Reformed tradition? I don't know. Is that, a, is that something you've thought much about? Yeah, I, I mean, there's obviously all the Reformed tradition stuff and Luther and Calvin and iconoclastic stuff and all of this. And there's stuff for me personally as, as someone who grew up in, in the Reformed tradition, uh, in New Frontiers Church, um and taking those things on you don't know about i didn't really know calvin was until i was about 18 but you pick up stuff don't you um I, yeah i i think it's a, it's a broad and it's a question that's different for different it's, it's hard to summarize for all of the reformed tradition but i think there are themes within the evangelical protestant church um that generally i mean it doesn't uh, even the let's take what's known as the evangelical church we might go into this but that term might have had its day in some senses but um it has a very poor output regarding art and uh, i think provocatively if you look at a culture and you look at a community um you would it's often judged by its artistic output and and uh take for an example a religious cult um scientologists or uh, jehovah's witnesses everyone would be familiar with a certain aesthetic from jehovah's witness leaflets and things like that and for most people if you're not a jehovah's witness you'd look at it and you'd roll your eyes and say okay this is very it's propaganda it's marketing it's very in a certain style that they obviously think is very like it connects with people and it's maybe somehow spiritual but it's it doesn't work for me <laughs> those we've watched out things that just don't work for me um i think the evangelical church does exactly the same thing but just is blind to the fact we, we think our creative output is is setting the world on fire. Well, wow, it's great. Well, it's impressing lots of Christians, but it's really not re reaching out. And actually, for, there are artists in the evangelical tradition who make great work, but usually they have to fight against the evangelical tradition or move to the fringes of the evangelical tradition to to do it. Um, uh, I'd be more than happy to unpack that. There's probably some bold and over-provocative <laughs> statements there. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> get, get, get us going. You're going to get yourself in trouble, but um, that's what we're here for, to try hey, and get you in just trouble. Started. Come on. Let's fame this the end. <laughs> so I, we're going to tease it out and, and hear more about what you mean. But um, well, I guess maybe we need to back up and ask the question, what, what, is, what even is art and what's its purpose and how should we as Christians even think about the arts? Um, I think in everything with this topic, the reason why the arts are an interesting thing to talk about and also infuriating a little bit is uh, we talk about art like it's a specific thing, but it's, it's a, a way to categorise a load of different human activity. And obviously the arts would include when we talk about art, people think about for me, it was painting in GCSE. That's the art subject at school. But the arts are uh, theatre. Uh, film, sculpture, I mean, everything, writing, you can go on and on, on, on that sort of thing. So um, I, I will talk in generalisations about art and artists, but I think there are things that tie those things together. And one of the things for me that I find particularly interesting and that I think links together the arts is art as uh, an exploration of humanness, um, really, both in terms of the artist, artists would often dig very deep into the human experience, both internally, into what it's like to feel like a human living in this world, but also into the world they inhabit as humans and into and digging into that experience as well. And I think uh, that would be the kind of, whether it's a definition or not, I don't know, but often in, in artistic practice and people who would be seen as artists, they would be those who are very, very keen to dig 
deep and explore and then authentically uh, present their humanness unfiltered, essentially. I, I wonder if, if art could be described as a kind of curated authenticity in that sort of sense. It involves skill, it involves craft, it involves discipline, but what essentially most artists are doing is trying to say, this is what it feels like to be me at this moment. And more broadly, this is what it feels like to be a human being. And those who are really good artists, that then resonates, everyone else goes, oh yes, you're right. That, that's your experience, but it, it's also my experience. And we understand through art what it is to be a human. Um, which is which is very very important, I think. Well, you mentioned you mentioned about cults though that um, they're they're what you might call bland portrayal of the arts or of images is a form of propaganda. So what you're describing there is perhaps art as a as a form of self expression. So is is art always devoid from um, well, what you call propaganda, but meaning making, not meaning making, but message, message producing. Uh, as soon as you try to say something with your art other than self-expression, does it become propaganda? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, well, the, the thing is, I think for me, authentic, authenticity is very, very important. And there is a tension. If, if you're going into what you're doing and creating artistically to make a point, um, you could do that authentically. Um, but there is a tension that's right at the heart of that that makes it very, very, it makes it harder to do. Um, and I think this is where the real problem comes and coming back to evangelical art, we rightly so are very keen on fulfilling the Great Commission. We want to make disciples. We, we want to lead people to follow Jesus, bring people into the kingdom um, and things like that. And obviously that's our commission. That's how our heart beats. We have a purpose that runs through our whole lives. I think the problem is then if you make art and you think I'm going to, I'm, I'm advertising Jesus. That's what I'm, I'm doing. I'm saying it's marketing for the church, for Christianity. Um, you then cut off the loose edges. There are things you, so you can't be honest. You, you, your, your hands are tied behind your back. And the church as a, as a kind of editorial board for Christian art, the ones they let through, they're not going to let through the piece that's like, you know what, this is, uh, I, I don't know if I'm, if I believe this today. I, I, I'm really struggling. Uh, with doubt I, I'm, I'm struggling with this sin that's in my life I, I'm split in you know I'm not radical and living for Jesus I'm I, I'm recognizing there's flaws in, in in me in that sense and I I think that's the problem with more marketing propagandistic art if, if that's the only kind you've got and I would in many ways that is what's definitely put forward in, in my experience as the pinnacle of Christian art uh, in the evangelical tradition and reform tradition, um, you've got a real problem because inauthenticity creeps in and then the whole venture is destroyed. And I, I think it, it works against itself and then it doesn't connect with other people. And so what often happens with Christian art is it connects with other Christians because we're all cheering from the sidelines going, yeah, he's saying all the right things. She's she's saying, she's hitting all the right buttons. <laughs> and But everyone from outside is looking completely befuddled. Like this does not connect with me at all. In fact, I'm finding this offensive in some ways not because of the concept because of how out of touch you are and even worse then if people want to look into a culture um which they often do through the art of that culture and they say well have you got wisdom do you understand what it's like to be a human being let's go to your art and see and if they then see very idealistic art that simplifies life and makes everything very flat what they will assume and people do this is well, christianity is not true and Jesus doesn't have wisdom because Christians uh, communicate a type of life that is not the lived experience of anybody that we know. 
And I think at our heart, we would probably admit that too, although we want to put on a good face. Yeah, no, I think what you, you said there reminded me of um, something I read in Jamie Smith commenting on Charles Taylor's work, The Secular Age, where he talks about the problem with fundamentalism is that it flattens the landscape and it makes everything grey, whereas human experience undulates. There are highs and lows and there are lots of uncertainties and mysteries and things that we can't grasp. I guess what you're advocating for is that a Christian needs to... Your art will will always communicate about the depth of your Christianity. Um, and so good Christian art... Is, is is intrinsically linked to the, the intricacy to which that Christian has thought through their faith and grappled with some of the deep questions because you're right, Jesus' Jesus's words become truer the more you think about them because they, they resonate on a deeper level but just repeating what you think your Sunday school teacher wants you to say or what your parents taught you, using the scaffold of your upbringing, that's often where a lot of, I don't know if I can say a lot, but many Christians it seems stay, stay in that realm of safety that is repeating repeating the phrases and ideas that I've learned from my parents. So you, you, do you think there's a, a kind of intrinsic link, I suppose, what, is what I'm saying, between a Christian's thoughtfulness about their faith and their ability to communicate it with others? Uh, yes, I think even the phrase to communicate their faith with others, if that's what you meant by it, I think that art definitely communicates our faith because it communicates ourselves. But if if our main purpose is to communicate our faith in our art, I think it, it just, that's just difficult, I, I think. And it, it poses problems. I'm not saying it's impossible. Um, and I definitely would have done that on many occasions uh, in work that was well, some work I don't think is very good, but like other work, I think so, this is okay. Look, this is honestly where I was at, at this time. I, I, I wanted to communicate this. Um, and so, I mean, I think, Augustine said didn't he he said uh love, love I paraphrase because I can't quite remember love God and do what you want or something wasn't it um and I, I'd say look love God for artists love God and make the art you want I mean almost disconnect the two things this does this art if, right I am making this art to do this I think that is a, a not a brilliant place to start I'm I'm making art because I I love this I, I love this creative process I love this tradition I want to contribute I I love the people around me art is service we're, we're creating good things for other people and the the better our training is and the better our craft the more more loving that action is um and I think there's are we overthinking things too much and if art is about humanness I think it bounces back to us and it, it critiques us as as people, if, if our culture, if our churches are saying in your art, you must, there's an agenda to all of this. It's interesting. I look back on, on my early, uh, early Christian life. Um, and I very, very much wanting people to come to know Jesus, but there is a danger with that of becoming like a salesman, becoming very, very pragmatic to the point where you become disingenuous. And I found that that was praise. That wasn't, you, you weren't, People say, oh, you don't want to be like that, but you'd be, but yeah, if you can get a few more people in, do whatever. Uh, and there's something, I think art does comment on it, that we might get onto this, but art critiques it and it comments because it brings things out in the open that are left hidden and that we're all kind of hiding away. And I think one of the critiques, have we become as churches in the reform tradition too pragmatic? Have we, have we become too bums on the seats? Um, rather than love your neighbour. Love your neighbour does not look to me like a kind of pragmatic uh, agenda for your church. That's 
we through we, we love Jesus we dig deep into the word we we all on the spirit regularly for everything we love him and then stuff comes out of us it's a fruit we abide the, we abide in Jesus and the vine <laughs> we're part of the vine and fruit comes um and it's not like there's no labor or effort there of course there is and there's intention but what about don't we believe the Holy Spirit um fills us and changes us just, just I mean one thing on on that I, I can't remember whether it's related to your original question but just saying that comes to mind we we had a um there's a, a Scottish uh, surrealist artist who spoke at one of our events a, a while ago and it, um, she was talking about tapping into the subconscious Christian uh, lady um, and uh, I think I, I asked the question or, or someone did it wait a minute tapping in subconscious it, aren't we just kind of risking just bringing out all of this the id as Freud would put it and putting out don't sometimes we, we as Christians, we we want to we do want to keep some things <laughs> behind closed doors. There's, there's a battle with us, with the flesh and the, the spirit. And her point, she just looked a little incredulous and said, don't you believe that the Holy Spirit thoroughly transforms us? And, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I think I can go along with that. And her point was, why would we be afraid of releasing our, our subconscious? I mean, obviously, there could be problems, obviously, but she would expect more good than bad to come out of that. And... Uh, I, I just thought that was provocative. And I, I certainly would think that the subconscious is an area of Christian art that not many have risked going to, but I think all art will express your subconscious. If it's good, your subconscious comes through. We've tried to suppress that because we're afraid of it. Yeah, well, I mean, you mentioned Freud there. He, you know, he was known for pointing out that our subconscious harbours these deep, dark desires for, for sexual conquest, <laughs> um, that, that we're motivated by by fear and anger that those are deep things that we we keep repressed as long as we can and i and i take a point you know don't you believe that the holy spirit renews you deeply i suppose there's a a part of me that that wonders whether or not 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 that he does but well i guess maybe it's what you're talking about the the challenge between art as a form of self-expression which for me feels just very modern in our fascination with ourselves and our emotional life contrasted with say i'm thinking of some of the great compositions in music um, over the centuries that looks like art as a form of worship so it's worship about the goodness and glory of god art for the glory of god as opposed to art for the self-expression of jazz um what can you speak into that the tension between those two things if, if i'm misunderstanding still i think I, I, I referred earlier to how art is about humanness and expressing. It's a very human activity, and I'd stick by that. I think that might strike against us for some, and I think this is true as well. This is why we can't define art one way, is that art um, is also reaching towards the transcendent. Um, and it, whether Christian or, or, or not Christian, that's always the case. Artists will always talk about the, the infinite or, um, or transcendence or be, the, what's going beyond or tapping into something primal. Or I, I don't know, all of that sort of stuff. The, the, the way I'd order that would be it starts with the human and for the artist um, and for these great compositions. The, these are people who spent years practicing their instruments, understanding the theory, music theory, all of that sort of stuff. And, and learning how to um, not just kind of have internal states, but to, to uh, conjure those through physical things around them, instruments, like for the painter with their paints. And there's a, a tapping into and, and a respect for their own intuition and the world around them that it must start with. Otherwise, you just don't, you just won't make anything good. You have to learn those sort of things. But the interesting thing for me as a Christian, and I, I can see in a sense, it might be too simplistic, 
but I can see a link in that you look into who you are as humans. As a human, I'm made in the image of God and all of us are. And so it's no surprise then that artists who really tap into themselves and the nature of the world around them are left saying this in me and in this world, there seems to be a kind of trail of breadcrumbs somewhere else. It, it doesn't explain itself. My experience doesn't explain itself. So therefore, I'm going to reach out uh, outside. And so for, for us as Christians, I think it, it might sound kind of not very Christian. So reach inside, like learn about yourself, learn about the world, respect the world, respect matter and material and the physical. Um, because I believe as you do that, you you come to see Jesus in those things. Um, great, great quote from uh, Makoto Fujimura. I was mulling over yesterday from his new book, uh, I think it's called Art and Faith. Uh, yeah, Art and Faith, that's what it is. Um, he said that the world is broken, but the world is also enchanted. And I just stopped at that point. I thought, okay, that's a great way to look at it. The world's enchanted. God has God is this this the heavens declare the glory of God. There's a magic about the world and human experience that points beyond us. And therefore, as artists, we wrestle with the reality of the here and now and stare intently at the world as it is, not trying to sugarcoat it. Actually, if the gospel is true, we find God and then we bring it, we find our spiritual lifting to him. Um in that sense. Although I would add, I, I don't think it needs that last part of the process could be in the, the first bit by respecting creation uh, enough to spend your whole life studying how to paint a landscape, for example, that that is worship to God. It, it's such respect for his for his creation, what he's made, um, taking seriously who we are as people and the battles. I mean, I think there's something about worship just in the process of the artist in that sense. Mm. Wow, that's really profound and some beautiful ideas there. Um, you, you quoted Makoto Fujimura, who I know you, you recommended I, I read before this conversation. It's fantastic. And he, he has a lot to say about this idea that art is a form of culture care, doesn't he? That um, the challenge we've got is that over the past century, I think he says in response to some of the, the, the atrocities around the world, art art has now become a, a, something that is just a form of utility we create something that's useful or it's just something that can make money the commodification of art um, and actually he says no there's a there's a need to re to, for art to expose and remind us afresh of the beauty of the world which i guess is you know part of that enchantment idea that the world is beautiful that actually there's something bigger about us as human beings than just um yeah than just the, the flat landscape of things uh, has he been quite a big influence on you? Well, yeah, I, I think so. Uh, early on, I, I mean, if thinking through when I got into kind of working with artists, I, I've been I've, I've been into rap since I was young. Rap's a very has a very DIY ethos. So, you, being a listener and being a practitioner is pretty close if you want them to be. My wife's a, um, a fine artist, um, and so we we had that going on for anyway but being involved in kind of art ministry let's say working with the christian artists for a while we just stumbled into it didn't really do much, have much thinking behind it we just thought we think art's really valuable it's valuable in our lives and looking around at christian the christian culture we thought we, we'd like to do this better how can can we help in some way i think it was interesting early on we we were drawn i was drawing my reading to francis schaefer who had, and I, I really respect Francis Schaeffer's writing, but it seemed the way I read Schaeffer was that he was presenting art uh, kind of as this, uh, potentially as a tool 
to communicate the Christian message in a powerful way to the, the masses. Uh, there's, uh, there's a staircase and at the top of the stairs, there would be your big thinkers and your academics. At the bottom of the stairs is your people, uh, just your, your plebs, the populace, and the big ideas on the top of the stairs, they get down to the bottom of the stairs, but how, how do they do it? Because the people aren't rushing up to read Schopenhauer or whatever, and Schopenhauer's not writing in an accessible way for the people, so how is, are the big ideas affecting the people? Well, in the middle of the stairs is the artists uh, repackaging the ideas for the heart and the mind. And I, 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 I think this is true. I think this is what art does. Um, and actually, interesting, that that resonates a lot with church leaders, to, that you've got to try to explain the value of art. You can't just leave it as art's valuable. Everyone knows it. Therefore, give us loads of money for the art, arts. I mean, it's just not going <laughs> to it's just not going to fly, is it? So you've got to be able to explain and articulate somehow why art is valuable. It's going to be a gut feeling. And I think that is that's good. And if you're a church leader listening and you d- haven't really got it, that's what art does. And as Christians, we want the big ideas of Christianity to affect the people i think back to your question makoto he has a much more nuanced and natural way i mean i think all these all he's saying and other guys like him is like we just love people i mean that's what we do everything we do is loving people and it's not about even talking about cultural transformation it's very close the language to a sort of colonial imperialism of we want to we want to control we want to build our empire and i know that we don't mean that with that stuff but sometimes it can become very much like that and and i think what makoto and others are going against is look we just want to care for culture we just want to love people jesus told us to love people and and i think whether makoto says it himself but where his writing led me is more to thinking of art in the church more like social action i suppose or um social justice sort of stuff I guess for, for many churches, it would be a, a given that it's a good thing to run uh, to, to a food bank or it's a good thing to help you out of debt. Now, as we do that, we offer the love of Jesus and we say, look, if you you could get out of debt here, but also you can have your sins forgiven and that debt can be gone. And I'm beginning to preach an evangelistic sermon. So we, we do that. But we know that the action is valuable, even if the person doesn't become a Christian, because it's showing what Jesus told us to do. There's something about art that, and Makoto's thing is it's cultural care. It, it, it's, it's not just it's not social action, it's cultural action. And it's a way of, as we show love to those in the margins through uh, food banks and debt relief and things like that. Art should be a way of showing love to, to people through products of art, community art projects, all of these things. And we're not doing it to say, I'm just bringing you in to package you a message so that you you tricked almost. You come and go, oh, this is an interesting song. I really like this. Oh, I see you're a Christian. I now I've got it in my head. Okay, yeah, I might come in. No, it's like, well, we love you and we want to explore, we want to explore humanity together with you. There's a listening to art, which is often missing from our evangelism, not just a I will tell you what I know and I will package it beautifully so you understand it as well as I can because I know what I know. Art says maybe we don't know as much as we think we know and we should listen to each other and there is a correspondence and conversation happening which is hum- humble and it doesn't mean we we throw it uh, oh we don't really know much about Jesus we don't really know anything about God we, it's not we're not saying that but we're saying it's not as locked down as what we think it is um it's no accident that the artists artists are the ones who ask the questions and say hmm really do we really know that is that really 
what the Bible means about about that because they re- there's a humility they, about many artists. There's yeah, I, I love Jesus, but you know what? I, I don't know the other stuff. I'm not not sure. I want to listen to the person outside of the community. I want to listen to this other Christian tradition that we told for years are beyond the pale or heretics or whatever. Um, and so it's cultural care. It's it's love. And I know it's very. It might sound very trite, but I think art should be done in a spirit of love and if done properly is an act of love um, for individuals and for a culture as well yeah wow there's lots there um, we could pick up on because i think it's really helpful um you mentioned there that artists are the ones who ask questions and i, and I think this might be a kind of good good place to go next because makoto again has this idea doesn't he of artists being what he calls border stalkers that move between the different tribes and spheres in our society that on the one hand stand between you know hostile parties and try to remind one another of their common humanity on other occasions stand behind us and you know pull out the best bits from us help um Talk to us a bit about the the mindset of an of an artist. Like you said, do they ask questions? This maybe this sense of not feeling like they fit too much, and the challenge perhaps on artists sometimes within churches that emphasise a fixed narrow form of things and doesn't don't necessarily encourage question and mystery. Yeah, huge uh, huge questions. Um, I I really like like you said um, Makoto's. Um, phrase this border stalker idea um the individual who's on the who's in the tribe but they very quick they they're very at home in other tribes as well and they come in and out and they they know the language of those outside of the tribe and bring it back in um and i think this is exactly how many artists would feel and i for me personally increasingly over the years would have felt like oh this is he's put into words how i feel a, a little bit um and i think one other, I just try to finish that thought, but another thought's kind of one other element of when you said what is art. I think one of the things art does is it it pro- provides a critique for cultures that it's part of as well. Um, and I think one of the critiques that art offers here, as border stalkers, is a critique of tribalism and a too firm drawing of lines that don't need to be there. Um, and I think for us as Christians. Um, I'm just going to go as a given. If you want to pick this up, please feel free. Artists have left the evangelical church as a whole. We're very impoverished in this regards. <laughs> we'll pick that up later. I'll just throw that one out there. Shall I? Um, the problem is if you've not got your border stalkers involved, what happens is you become entrenched. You, you just you don't you have no one as an eternal critique. You have no one who's telling you, yeah, actually, those Catholics aren't quite as heretical as what you think they are. You, you Lutherans, they're not as bad. Those Orthodox Christians, did you know that? They've got a lot of really great wisdom on some stuff. And even those people who aren't Christians, you know them, they're still made in the image of God. And there's, there's still things that we need to learn from, <laughs> from them, even though they're pagans and, you know, this and that. Um, we have those people are vital. And I think for, for many, obviously, people read um, what Jesus prayer for unity in, in the church and. Um, things like and it was oh it's a shame isn't it a shame the church isn't united i think there's got to come a time where we say it's more than a shame this is a this is disrespectful to our lord um and we've got to do something about it and 
if you spend any time with most artists, they will get onto this very quickly of, look, why are, why are there these lines drawn everywhere? We're like, haven't you appreciated this tradition? Don't you realize that these people, in these post-evangelicals who very quickly are thrown out in the evangelical church, um, they've got, maybe they're not just, they're not just throwing everything out. Maybe they've not just done a pact with Satan or something. Maybe there's a type of, uh, relationship with Jesus they have that we can learn from too although we might not agree with all of all of what they've said um, and so the border stalker thing we have to have border stalkers I'm sure there are others involved in this but artists are, are really good at that but and I'm not going to sugarcoat this absolute pain to have around building community because you, you want to you do drawing lines is the if you want to build a community you want to draw lines you want to simplify you want to say us and us and them that those are natural things to do but while they're natural, I think they're not Christian things to do in, in many ways. There is differences, obviously. Um, and I think, but we we need people to be challenging us on these things. Um, and artists do that. If, if you find a way for them to thrive in your community and give them a voice that's safe um, for them and for the community itself. Mm, oh, so good. There's so much, like, there's so many things I could ask you off the back of that. Well, let's start with this question. Why do you think the evangelical church finds it hard to handle well yeah why is there not just the evangelical church but often the the, the average christian that you meet needs to try to is often quite a, a a line drawing border drawing type individual who is perhaps nervous and is we're quite quick to fall into tribalism where we say they're the good we're the goodies they're the baddies or oh, they're baddies as well um why what is it about us and uh, maybe it's not just us as christians maybe it's a human thing but what is it what are your reflections on why you think the evangelical church in particular really struggles with that and maybe not just the evangelical church maybe it's maybe it's every denomination of church what are your thoughts i wonder i mean i just scattergun Let, let's just try a, a few things i think one of the critiques of churches like mine would be um a kind of lust for certainty defining christianity as a, a way to know everything um I think that's um, that can be a problem, and I, I think that can lead to pride. Um, and so, if if we're if we're really like these things are totally sacrosanct and cannot be questioned. Now, there must be some fundamentals. There must be, but if we put that out too far, like and make lots of them, like that becomes for someone who's just like well someone who's just honest they'll just say well wait the emperor's got new clothes no clothes <laughs> that there's ridiculous <laughs> and and there are ridiculous things in in our churches uh, there are um and there's ridiculous things in christian culture but just because that's what cultures do that's what traditions do we're humans we're ridiculous in, in many ways um i think modern day evangelicalism if you put it put it like that um there is a pragmatism makoto kicks against this very strongly in his new book about a uh, a real pragmatism, and I suppose it would be most typified in the kind of mega church culture. Let's get a hundred thousand people in our church. Um, it's I, I, I don't have any stats for this, or I, this is I'm going on gut a little bit, but it, it would seem that to build a big church, you need to simplify everything and make systems that are simple for people to understand, and you probably do need a bit of that us and them to to kind of bring people in. You need to give people a reason. What's our unique selling point here? Well, we have this particular end times theology or 
we believe in speaking in tongues, uh, just to throw that one in, or um, this this particular view of the sovereignty of God or, or something like that. And it's like, because you need we need that. Marketers know that you need your new, unique selling point. Um, if we follow that route down, I think I'm not, I don't, I don't think I, I can say something like all mega churches are bad or all churches over X are bad, but we are moving into that to, to, to maintain a community of that size. You, you do have to make some sacrifices and simplify and package on the whole. I don't think people of a particularly artistic bent are going to find that very satisfactory because they'll be saying, well, but you've, but, but faith isn't simple. I mean, let's just not even just think about that. Let's just face it. Faith isn't simple. The Christian life isn't simple. Um, by being a Christian, I do not know everything there is to know about everything. In fact, mystery is more. There's more mystery. Now I know, now I know Jesus in some ways. And maybe this, the, the mystery word, I think is really important within the evangelical tradition that I've grown up in. Mystery has been like, oh, of course, there's mystery. Let's not talk about that because we now know, like we, we, we know these things. Um, I think we need to bring mystery back a little. And in, it's interesting because in the Catholic and particularly the Orthodox tradition, well, they would systematize things hugely. And there's um, th there's obviously a very set way of doing things. And in some ways you can't question some things that, that you could in other places because other sources of infallibility and things like that mystery is always put front and center it's just there's an underlying thing of obviously mystery obviously the doxology in romans 11 <laughs> oh the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of god how unsearchable are his ways and his paths beyond tracing out obviously that's a given <laughs> right at the start just want to ask any anyone listening is that a given for you like and if it's not, you're you'll probably need to repent of pride. I, I know that I'm repenting of that all the time, but but it's it's that it's that tightrope, isn't it, of humility and confidence. We, we we're confident of these things, but we're humble. We, we God's revealed these things to us, but on our own we can know nothing. Like He's the only wise God. That means I I draw from Him, but He sometimes He shows things to us in where He talks to us like we're babies because we are babies in we can't understand um i think we're, if we lose grasp of that in our church and i think in, in my experience and even in my leading i will have lost grasp of that many times i think we are going to struggle we're going to struggle generally but the artists won't enjoy that they won't they won't like that and which is why often artists would go drift more to orthodox um and catholic traditions and even more high church traditions um maybe i'm talking in generalizations but those would be some of my experiences but i think what you said is really helpful and it just as you're talking makes me think you know in practical terms the post-covid church is a is is it is trying to engage with a world that is in the west at least a lot more aware of suffering and without a, a decent theology of mystery we're going to we're going to miss the opportunity to counsel and pastor and help people in their suffering you know people will be turning up to churches saying you know where is God in all of my pain, and where's been, where's God in the past year, and, and all of that. And I think there is a there is a need for Christians to have a confidence in God, but also a confidence in the sovereignty of God that allows them to hold mysteries, such that we can say to people, we don't know everything, and that's okay. But we can trust Him, and here join us as we learn to trust Him through our life. It won't sugarcoat things. It won't make everything easier. And I think I mean that phrase you use, a lust for certainty. I thought it was, that wasn't where I wasn't where I was expecting you to go in answering that question because I've often just thought oh it's about fear 
You know, people don't like to live in this uncertainty. And so we, we try to button everything down as tight as we can. But you're right, it's a, it's a lustful, like a, a youthful, it's like, dare we say, even arrogance in us that says we must have everything right. And that's, you know, you see that in teenagers and people who are typically immature, those who insist that they know everything until they are old enough to develop some wisdom and realise there's lots I don't understand about life. So, I mean, that's a, it's a beautiful answer. I'd love to just actually even go there as we talk about the post-COVID church. What are some of the things? I know you wrote an article recently. Do you think this can be, it's, it's never been more important? Art is going to be more important, not less, in the post-COVID world and post-COVID church. What do you mean by that? I think art has some, some really important uses uh, for society as a whole and, and church. I mean, and, and there'd be specifics for the church as well. But I think the two... That I really think of just really simply it's it's just a uh, obviously uh, stating the completely obvious this is a unique occasion we've got we, we probably for most of us won't have a time like this in our lives where basically all possibilities it seems are on the table that they're not all on the table it seems they are there's a blank slate given in so many ways um, and we are genuinely walking into a future that has more potential to be recrafted and re-sculpted than we have, we've known before, would certainly in my life. And the people you need in the mix then are those who are uh, who can reimagine that future, who, uh, who are really in touch with their imagination and hopefully uh, are wise uh, with that imagination as well. And those people would be, <laughs> would tend to be artistic people. Um, and you, you could say, oh, people are creative in all sorts of different ways. But I think artists would be people who nurtured that creativity have, have submitted it to certain traditions, have learned how to handle it, and have kind of, they are experts in the imagination. So reimagining the future is going to be important in society and our churches. Artists need to be, uh, need to be in the mix of those conversations and those thoughts. That's one thing. I think maybe even more significantly, coming off a year where by necessity, everything has gone digital. Um, the art, artists, tend to be those who value the physical and the material and they would artists would be people who are that they have keen senses they they like they like to observe they like to see they often would be people who like it's a stereotype would love to walk in the country or appreciate a tree but more than that like in in the in the craft all the craft they're they're very tactile uh there's the, the kind of the color of the paint the the feel of the the the, the, the strings of the guitar um, the movement of the dancer's body. There's a there's a physicality uh, right at the heart of everything, um, and this is really important. We, we could lose ourselves as a society and as churches if we lose our con contact and our strong connection with our physicality. Um, just think of a film like Ready Player One from a, a few years ago. This future whereby everyone's locked in online and the online becomes the real. Um, even since that film. And even before COVID, that was becoming more and more a reality for many people. How much more now is that the case? Um, I'm not anti-technology. I'm not anti-Zoom or those things. There's, there's obviously, I think there's hybrids that we can use and there's things we can use in all these things. But I think as, just as human beings, we need to resist this um, disembodiment of ourselves. Now in the church, I think this is even, even more important. We we follow a, a God who inc incarnated himself uh, into a body. 
more than that, when he resurrected, he chose to come back in a in a body, in a new body, but it was a body. When we when we uh, step into the hereafter, ultimately that will be in a body on a on a physical recreated world. Despite what folk Christianity might have you believe, we're an embodied people. We're not the 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 Platonists of the Greeks who think the spirit's very important and the body is a waste of time. And we we need to we need to settle that as a church because we we've been very flaky on that for many years. And artists will say will push against sort of gnosticism and kind of oh it's all about the spirit and the floaty and they're artists funny enough are seen as the floaty spirit people, but they're not those people. <laughs> they're those who say the the human body is important. This flower is important. This color is important. This sound is important. Um, and I think that challenge um, to, to help us as churches, how are we going to wrestle with a hybrid reality? How are we going to use technology well without losing our incarnational experience of worship, but also evangelistically as well? Um, I think there's something fundamental there. I, I'm talking, again, huge, vague statements. I don't know how to apply this, but I think uh, all I'm saying is artists need to be in the mix. My, my basic thing is this. Artists are not in our churches enough. There aren't enough of them there. How are we going to get them back there? We need them in these conversations. <laughs> yeah, that's really helpful. I, I suppose I have a, a couple of maybe related questions or comments. One is um, typically in, in churches like ours, which are largely um, new startup type churches where if you're going to pay someone often you the first person you'll pay will be someone who who commits a lot of their time to the preaching and so often the the, the leaders in our churches will have a, a bent towards spoken word and teaching but it's reminding th those people as well that you know the most effective communicators and preachers in the world I was thinking as you were sharing about what art is uh, are those who who use fresh words and expressions to give voice to our humanness and show how the gospel intersects with that and makes it more real and more true and resolves and satisfies a lot of the disquiet that we feel so you know we've all sat through those um you know the systematic gospel presentations that i remember when i first became a christian i thought a gospel sermon was a boring sermon because i knew it i knew it was very formulaic it was you know one cross plus three nails equals four given type language and you think oh that's just boring but equally i know when i listen to other people who who expound the gospel in a way that resonates deeply with my humanity i'm like oh that's why i love jesus because he answers those questions i've got so i suppose my comment is to pastors and teachers to think this is not this is not something to to let other people in the church pursue only as though you've got the kind of wing of artists but I guess my, my question for you is you know a lot of what you're describing might be characteristics of say just creative people who, who who love the world that we live in what's the how do you know if you're a creative whether or not you're an artist what's the difference between being a creative and then be you know wearing that label of vocational artist so you just yeah I, I love this question and i'll probably offend loads of people by doing it but like we're jumping around so let's go let's get value for money shall we um <laughs> yeah it, it's interesting because even when you do an, have a christian arts movement what do you call yourself who are you serving if you say artists it sounds really really kind of poncy, a little bit pretentious, and loads of people think you're just there for painters. So that needs some explanation. So many people go down the line of saying, We're, we work with creatives. And that's obviously a, a phrase within church, but within society as well, maybe particularly in the graphic design community, but but I don't know. I, I go with artists, even though I need to explain it, because I think creative, 
again, in the church, everyone values creativity or they say they do. No one's going to say to you, oh, I don't like being, I don't like creativity. I mean, some people might say they're not very creative, which probably isn't true, but um, everyone, it's a buzzword. Everyone loves creativity. Um, and then a lot of people then say, well, what we need is we need more creativity in the church. And so we're going to work with creatives. I'm of the mindset that we don't need more creativity in the church at all. I, I'm, I mean, at all, that's probably pushing it. But, <laughs> but let, let's face it, in, in my church, okay, on a Sunday morning, back in the days before when we meet together, you could, you've got a full band playing. You've got um, uh, spontaneous songs will happen, sometimes even spontaneous raps poems could be read there's dancing going on if you've got your own building you could have banners and all of that sort of stuff <laughs> as well as the architecture which is obviously much much modern church like ours is not great but still it's there um the, the question is when people go we, we should be more creative i'm like flipping it i mean what do you want us to do i mean we're we're a step away from woodstock right here i mean nobody <laughs> does stuff like this what's the problem that you're getting at um and i think creativity's Fine. There is a sense in which we're all creative and we could be more creative. Sometimes we could be less creative and just just kind of rein it in a little bit. I think the difference is, and I think this is really important in charismatic churches to understand, is in charismatic churches that I've known, there's a value to spontaneity that's put on everything. Um, and so creativity is then I want to be creative and I'll just spark something. Maybe the Holy Spirit gives me this thing, this creative. Uh, it could be a drawing, it could be a painting, it could be a song. And the fact that it's spontaneous makes it more seem more spiritual. So if someone comes to church and sings a spontaneous song, that's like, wow, brilliant, fantastic. Well done. If someone came to church and they'd written a poem in the week and they read it out in the worship, I would have found in the past that people would have been a bit sus about that. Oh, you wrote this, did you? You've written it. You've thought about this. The spirit's not working through you. You're, this is your craft. This is almost self-elevation. The, the difference between an artist and a creative for me is there's a there's a creative spark in the artist. But artist is about creativity, but it's also about craftsmanship. And craftsmanship is very, very important. And it's about years of learning a, a, a skill, learning how to do something, which isn't just... 10,000 hours, it also involves stepping into artistic traditions um, and submitting yourself to those traditions and learning those traditions. And every art form will, will have those traditions. You've got to do the work. You've, you've got to step into those things. And that's got to be done outside of the church if you want to be if you want to be any good, I'm afraid. I, I think that's the case. That's where the, the fuel is. That's where the, the fertile soil is for those things. And um, I think the craftsmanship, the, the putting time in to get from just being, oh, I'm quite creative to I'm a, I'm an artist, if you could put it like that quite crudely. I think that's really, really important. And it's something that's kind of, it's kind of been missing, but also it's tricky. So if you've got someone in a church like, like ours who comes along and, and you say, oh, we'd really like you to lead a community group or life group, or whatever. And they say, well, no, actually, I, I like to give uh, two evenings a week to learn how to paint the human eye better or i'm my band plays at pubs around the the area generally the response would be and i would have done this before um would have said mm, yeah that's great you need to grow up um <laughs> and start serving the body and do these things because you know if they came in and said i'm playing wembley stadium and i'm going to do a gospel appeal at the end <laughs> yeah you'd be like well of course that's god's work we we haven't valued the the jump from creative to artist before 
which is why we don't have many artists. We have lots of creatives, um, but I'd really encourage, if people are creative and they really, oh, I want to creative express myself, fantastic, brilliant, go for it. I'd really encourage you to be careful though, that uh, I want to say this as respectfully as I can, in there's this important sense, you're not the same as the artist who's spent 40 years honing their craft. And there should be a respect shown in that respect. And in churches, in the leaders don't, leaders don't understand this. They flatten it out and put everyone on the same level. And, and obviously that winds up the artists who put their whole lives into this. They, and there's a value they put that's different. It would be a bit like, for example, if you have in your church um, a, a consultant doctor a uh, surgeon or something and you have someone who's just passed a first aid course and if then in the church yeah we put all the medical professionals together yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh you're, you're just the same you're, you're both you're, you're kind of into like making people better aren't you that would be really annoying like <laughs> particularly if the the consultant didn't really get paid very much for their job i think that's the difference the artists don't get respect from anyone when they come to church and just get oh you're just the same as that person who's just picked up a a, a, a pen a pen or started watercolor because they're a bit mm. bored because they've got nothing else to do in their life. That's just what you do, isn't it? Person who's given your whole life <laughs> to, to this whole craft. You can see why that person might get a little annoyed and leave your church. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, creativity is great. I think it's great, but I think there's more to art and there should be more in our Christian appreciation of art than just creativity. Yay, let's go. Mm. I love the comment about spontaneity. I think that, you know, we often would have that as a critique, perhaps, of charismatic meetings. But actually, if you look at the, what, what we might term the spontaneous utterances of the Spirit in the New Testament, you think there's a lot of beauty and craft that appears to be behind these. You know, I think you might have been at the Think Conference a few years ago when we looked at the book of Revelation. I was going, as, as Andrew was talking about that for several days, I think I just came away going, there's no way this was just a spontaneous utterance. You know, there is so much symbolism and beauty and interesting. It's just the most majestic work of literature that I can, that I really had appreciated. Yeah. Before. And Isaiah, like you see the Old Testament prophets as God spoke to them. They quickly grabbed it. Quick. I just want to get that down. God repeat <laughs> that again. I mean, these are highly crafted poems that have been, been crafted over. They've been edited and, but God's then, he sees the final product and he says, no, that's from me. That's from Isaiah and his training and his skill. But I'm going to put my name, I'm going to put my stamp on the end of that. That's from me. That's how I work. How that works with Daniel and John. I must have, I saw exactly the same thing at that conference. But it's, it, you see, it, he had a dream. He woke up the next morning. God had told him stuff. He quickly wrote it down. No way. Like, Daniel is feeding on forms of literature from the Babylonians, all sorts of stuff that he's clearly done some serious homework to sculpt symbolic images that interlock. But but God's willing to say, yeah, that's that's from me. But it's also an imaginative work. How those things join together, I don't know. Oh, it's beautiful. And like you said, the, the reason the New Testament speaks and the Psalms speak so much across the centuries to so many people is because they speak most deeply of the human condition you know they they have been deeply fought for and thought through over centuries and that's why those those things have survived perhaps and other things haven't um Charlie I've so appreciated your time and all that you've had to say I think there's a lot of challenge uh, a lot for people to go away and think about is there anything else that's just kind of bubbling in your mind do you think I just want to impress this upon people before we finish <laughs> um I guess all, I, all I'd say is uh, I, I I think I've said it a number of times is I just as if if you're not an artist, if, particularly if you're in church leadership and, and you're listening, um, show grace to the artists in, in your community. I, I really encourage you. These these border stalkers 
who have a deep care um, for the world God has made and for others as well. And yes, speaking, speaking about myself, I know I can be a real pain asking questions all the time, like one minute I'm there, one minute I'm not. That would have been my experience um, in the past, but people were gracious um, with me. My, my leaders were really gracious to me. And I, I just encourage you to show, show grace to them and try to understand the conversation and not jump to quick conclusions. Um, like get a proper job, this is a waste of time. That, that sort of stuff is, is really hurtful. I'd want to foster in anyone listening a, a thing. We need artists need churches, yes, but churches need artists. Our churches are impoverished uh, for not having uh, artists in. And I don't just mean a few creative folk here and there. I mean people who really wrestle with this, who live this, and all of that sort of stuff. And I, I can't go through this whole thing without a plug for Sputnik, really, our network of artists. Um, if, if it would serve you, what we want to do is we want to create a space for artists um where we in a sense we provide the yay and the pat on the back and we get you and we understand you and we can connect you with other people like you and all of that stuff we'll do all that work for you <laughs> um so that and then send people back to church and say and now just get what you need to out of your church because i think artists are looking for validation from their church leaders that's that's a bit unfair um and if you're an artist and you're thinking my church leader doesn't get me like it's not fair, no one understands me. You know what, they, they probably don't, and they probably, why should they? I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't, when people talk to me about their jobs as a church leader, and they say, oh, I work in computers, I glaze over immediately. I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't really get it. I don't think it's the job of the church leader or the church community to understand every niche interest that everyone's interested to, but you do need as an artist to have communities of Christians who do get you. And as Sputnik, we want to create that sort of community but do it in a, uh, I think what we do may be slightly different to others is really putting a plug to get stuck into church. We're not discipling you. We're not doing that stuff. And we're definitely not going to be a, 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 a place where you can come and moan about all the failings of the church, which sadly a lot of Christian arts things can become because a lot of artists are very wounded by things that have happened. So yeah, just um, our website's there. I'm sure there are links around but yeah we'll put we'll put notes we'll put links in the description to today's episode johnny thank you so much for your time and for your wisdom and and provocations and challenges and i'm sure it's been a real source of refreshment and encouragement to many so um luke gavarditis was right Well, I hope you enjoyed that. And as I said before, you can connect with Johnny and find out more about the work of Sputnik by visiting www.sptnk.co.uk. That's Sputnik, S-P-T-N-K, so Sputnik without the vowels. And also, if this is a subject that you're interested in, Johnny referenced the writing of Makoto Fujimura, who's an artist and an author. His book, Culture Care, is certainly worth reading. And Johnny mentioned his latest book, Art and Faith. Links to them will also be in the description to today's episode. Well, thanks for being with us for the episode this week. I hope it's been a source of refreshment and inspiration to you. Artists, we salute you. Christian artists, we need you. Our world needs you. The church needs you. Keep pursuing the call of God on your lives. And I look forward to bringing you more conversations about the Christian life. God bless. Goodbye.